Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, you've waited for it for a while. We're finally doing spoiler cast. However, I have raided in two hours, so we're going to have to Unger Max this one and get it done 50% faster. But anyway, I'm one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Poverama. Of course, joining me is Sly, aka Sly the Fox, aka Sly, aka Gray Fox, aka you, my boy, Blue. How you doing? Oh, I'm sorry, Sly, aka Chair, also. Nice chair. I was expecting a little bit better happening. I was, I was I, listen, I needed to come up with something on really short notice with the Unger Max thing. All right. I, was, I give it I give it a six. I give it a point six. You, I, I, you know what? I'd give it an eight. It just like flew straight under the radar. I didn't even realize it was there until it had already happened. And I was like, wait, <laughs> really, dude? Well, you know, you gotta. I had to come up with something. So, And uh, yes, he's here. We wouldn't do the show without him. So we have him. It's Ethis. That's how that works. Hello, everyone. Yeah. How you doing? If we did a spoiler cast without you, the uproar would be phenomenal. Oh I think it would create some sort of singularity that would just like, yeah. What would that? What would that singularity do? Describe it to me. Um, what would that singularity do? Well, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really consider that before I started that bullshit sentence. So. Um, <laughs> Sounds like I'd less say, thought went into that than my Unger Max comment. I would say it would irreparably damage the lore and story of Final Fantasy XIV. It would um, replace uh, all of the writers with um, with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I like nice delay before this. But everyone's like, everyone's trying to guess yeah. like. Uh, you know, monkeys or chihuahuas. Nope. No, 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 no. Yoshida nope, would Mike. be sitting in his office and he'd suddenly hear this boop, boop, boop. Hey, Mr. Ha- Mr. Happy, Mr. Happy, Mr. Happy. <laughs> it's like, is that- every, 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 every character says that before the <laughs> yeah. rest of their lines. There you go. Hi, everyone. Mr. Ha- Mr. Happy here. <laughs> Alphano says it and then he says it to fucking Raubon and Raubon says it back and then, then they say the rest. All right. Yeah. There you go. All right, so uh, this week we're going to be seeing what we remember about the story from about a month ago. <laughs> See, I Again, think it's a good we, we've forgotten twenty five percent. We've forgotten twenty five percent of the story. Easy. Yeah, I'd say I'd forgotten about twenty five percent of the story. You want to know something, Sly? I made a promise last week that I did not keep true. I still didn't finish the rest of the quest that I watched Ethis do on his stream. God damn it! I tuned At least into Ethis hey, doing the one main up. story. One up. I was in your stream when you were doing the main Wait. story, Ethis. So yeah. I never bothered to do them myself. I got the hell's lit and stopped. Oh I just watched God. yours and what? <laughs> you stopped at hell's lit. First of all, you exactly. crazy. I had no idea. I was I, talking exactly. in your chat. <laughs> How am I supposed to know that? Because <laughs> you I was said hi to me. No, I didn't. <laughs> yes, you did. No, I, no, I didn't. Did. Come on. Come on, man. Get that out of here. Um, wait, so so let me get this clear. You stopped at Hell's Lid. Like, yeah. as soon as you've done Hell's Lid. Yeah, I got is there to Hell's re- Lid. Is there a reason for that? Like, do you have an excuse? Uh, well, because I needed to Do you have, a, do you have like, Lid. a note from a, from a doctor or from a specialist? Because or? I watched you do... <laughs> The the half of the story after getting hell's lit. He's saying by he's saying through you by proxy he's done it. You, yeah. yeah. You son of a bitch. And I listened to I you talk about you. it all. And I listened to See, you. See, at least about I did the fucking story. Now you, you. want to know what's even worse than that? I not only got to Hell's Lit and then stopped the story because I had watched it on that stream, I did it on my alt too, which also I got to Hell's Lid and then stopped. So I've done it twice. 
I unlocked Hell's Lid and Biako, and I was like, I'm gonna watch that. Like, doing spoiler cast a month after the fact is like not such a bad thing because everyone started to sort of forget because our memories are terrible. But you, you, you can't forget something that you never fucking did. No, I watched you do it. And I went back and watched you do it again because okay. it took right. you like three hours to watch two cutscenes. Okay, all right. Because you were this talking is, about them the whole time. This is going to be an interesting two hours. <laughs> all right, so before we even get into the specifics to talk about the story, mm-hmm. um, 4.2 for me was the patch of side stories are king and the main story was deliberately left unfinished. Unlike 4.1, which felt very definitive when it had wrapped up in a sense. And they said this was by design, that 4.3 would wrap up the loose ends that are created in 4.2. So it's not all that much a surprise, but uh, that was my thoughts by the end of everything, Hell's Lid, Fractal, all that stuff. Well, we haven't had any cliffhangers in in quite a while. Um, And uh, it it was kind of nice that like everything was sort of wrapped up in 4.1 and and in 4.0 for that matter was like very sort of definitive. Um, there wasn't a whole bunch of loose ends, but um, I kind of I kind of miss this sort of serialized um, feeling of the the main scenario patches that kind of leave us with some some teasers with some cliffhangers. I think it's good. I think we've I think we were left with enough in the post end of the story cutscenes in four point zero and four point one, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, that they yeah, they acted as fuel kind of for the ones that we had this patch because now we mm-hmm. have to start piecing them all together and figure out where mm-hmm. they're taking us. That's true. We we have a lot of ammunition for thinking what might come ahead at the moment. Oh, I've got, I've got a theory. I've got one, but we'll talk about that in a bit. All so, right. Sly, how, how'd, you, how'd you like the story, Sly? Numerically, I'd give it a seven. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a bit of a cliffhanger at the end. Uh, which we'll definitely get to. It, it, it definitely uh, left me with some. Did that, did that bring more. it down? No, no, actually, because for a lot of pe- a lot of people have been saying that that like brought it down for them, and I'm sure we'll get to. Or that. it, or it might have devalued what we did in 4.0 to begin with. Okay, um, all right, okay. See, I have my but, my, my theory won't invalidate anything. Slide, don't you worry. It, it like I have a theory as well. It, it's it's I feel like it's a bit far fetched though, but. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to start with the main story, um, even though I, I'm more compelled to kind of leave it for the end, because I think that's where the majority of our speculation will go. Um, mm-hmm. I think considering we've waited this long for spoiler cast, we should get the, the bulk of it out of the way. Um, so 4.2's main scenario, unlike the last one, we are now looking at the Kugane side of things post Stormblood liberation, which we haven't mm-hmm. revisited since about level 67 when Doma mm-hmm. Castle mm-hmm. fell. So uh, it's, it's good to finally be back after all this time. And it's mostly following the Yatsu arc that was set up mm-hmm. in 4.0 and 4.1, where she is none of her mm-hmm. memories, and Gosetsu's looking after her, and they got to figure out what the hell to do with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about Yatsu. I'm still more invested in Fordola after this, this patch, this first half of the Yatsu arc, I guess, kind of going through, and Fordola still having kind of an arc that will probably be 4.4. I, I feel yeah. like Yatsu is going to take some build up. It, it like it, from what we saw in the story, it's going to take a lot of build up to um, kind of get up to the point where Fordola is. For, Fordola is a little bit more direct, and everything has happened. We're seeing the end effects of it. Uh, Yatsu, it, it, it's it's still kind of early. Well, Fordola's got the echo, so I, she's yeah. just it's, infinitely more interesting because of that. Like, yeah, this artificial echo. 
Yeah, so she's got this very sort of direct, um, immediate sort of character shift because it's such a massive uh, change to the, the sort of components of her character. Um, and I remember I was saying before 4.2 that, oh, man, if, if they go the same route with uh, Yotsu and they try to give her a redemption arc, I'm going to be, like, really frustrated with that. But I think they're handling it quite well, to be honest. It, they don't want you to know semi. what arc they're going down yet. No. Yeah, it's a... It, I kind of feel like it's a semi-redemption arc, though. Yeah, I feel and, like it's going to be a bit of a double take. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, I guess let's cover the events in chronological order. It starts with mm-hmm. you heading out east, and you basically need to repel Imperial attack. Mm-hmm. The, there's a unit trying to take Yatsu back, mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, and Gosetsu, still being her, uh, her guardian at this point, mm-hmm. is, uh, pretty much sees it as his life goal now to, to look after her. In a sense, like this is like he. The only reason he sur- even survived what he survived is to to was guess, to deliver deliver. To, yeah, mm-hmm. as far as he's concerned, so he can decide what to do with her. Yeah, he. Uh, that's that's where we are at least at the beginning. The way he mm-hmm. feels about it later is is going to become mm-hmm. more apparent. Um, I I wasn't super excited to come revisit this. It's been a long time coming at this point with mm-hmm. with Gosetsu and Yatsu, but mm-hmm. I. I by the time we've gotten to it, I was almost just like, "All right, just t- tell me what happens to her." I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> super invested in in the first part before Hell's Lid, at the very uh, least. Okay, all right. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel. Like it's just been something that's been so subtle for so many patches that suddenly thrusting into into the into the light hasn't really. Didn't really do it for me at first. Well, she represents this enormous uh, intelligence breach for the Garlands. They don't know that she's lost her memory. Um, they're obviously going after her because of what she knows and the fact that they need to suppress what she knows falling into the hands of the Dermans. Um, and I think that that is still like in the back of Gosetsu's head when when he's delivering her. Um, so I was I was sort of thinking like along those terms, along like, oh, well, when we go back to this Yotsu arc, like what are we going to learn from her? What secrets is she going to hold? Like um, how are we going to be able to use her as a as leverage over the Garlands? Um, so I was I was really excited to return to this, to be honest. Now, Mike, let me ask you, because we talked about it last week, is it, are your feelings kind of uh, on the side of the fact of how the story is being handled and done right now, whereas like you had this time to kind of think about it in 4.1 and now you revisit it and you have these kind of feelings about the story and how the Yachty arc is playing out. Almost like I've gotten bored of the idea after all this time. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not so yeah. much I'm bored of the idea. It's that we never really got hard confirmation she had amnesia. We kind of just put it together with the way she was acting with Gosetsu in the 4.1 post game scenes. Cause he was just like, Oh great. And she's like, ah, like super happy. Like that's not her. Mm-hmm. Like we pretty no. much, we pretty much figured it then. So yeah. all the things at this is talking about with her memories. I, I had her, I knew her memory would play a central point, but I knew mm-hmm. that if I was going to be looking forward to that, it wasn't going to be now pretty mm-hmm. much. I knew that was still something that right. was going to take a while. So mm-hmm. the initial revisit, like I, that's why I'm saying my initial revisit of it, seeing them both on screen, is like, well, at least we're getting to it. But I know yeah, nothing right. com- is going to come of it for a little bit of time. So it just wasn't mm-hmm. super exciting to have someone be like, I don't know, I, 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 I who was I? I, I, this is who I am now. You know, I just, I'm going to eat these desserts, and that's mm-hmm. it. Like millions of these desserts, and that's all I'm going to do. And like a child, 
Well, the payoff that I was waiting for is it was uh, whether she had actually genuinely lost her memory or whether she was sort of playing games. I, I remember you that, having that theory. I never, I never thought that she was playing games. I always just was convinced she lost. Part of me was hoping that she was, just because like the the memory loss thing is literally the cheapest trick in the in the fantasy one hundred one playbook. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's. Um, and I, I think they've been handling it quite well, but it it really is like a, a just a cheap. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. So we get to this point where now we know because at this point, even the Warrior of Light, he and none of us know she's around until we get to this point where the Imperials are trying to uh, recapture her, and we show up and we help. And from this point on, it's a matter of figuring out what do we do with her. Because mm-hmm. uh, Asahi shows up, explains who he is, explains mm-hmm. the relations that he wants to, that his group wants to have with the Domans, and we'll get into mm-hmm. group, which has mm-hmm. a more a, a more a very solid definition that I, this I actually is one of the things he says that I believe, which I don't believe most of the shit that came out of his mouth, but I believe part of mm-hmm. it, um, and that's that's the whole thing. What the hell do we do with her? That's the whole point of this patch. What the hell do we do with Yatsu and what do we, and the domains that the that the Garleans have hostage, pretty mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. and that's what's presented. We trade her for the hostages. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think we do with her? What would I like for us to? Do? I'd like it just to be yeah. fucking over. I don't. <laughs> really? I just yeah, because there's no way keeping her around ends well. There's just. There's mm-hmm. no no part about this that either brings a rain of fire down or mm-hmm. she becomes the rain of fire. Mm-hmm. What do One you of think the two so? things happens. Well, I agree with you. I agree with the way it was handled and like as having her as a refugee in Doma. Um, do I think there will be some repercussions from keeping her in Doma? Absolutely. Like We've seen shit like this go down before. Um, even though I love Suyu, that's what I'm calling her now because she's a baby, um, as a character. She hasn't earned the first uh, half of her name back yet? No, not yet. Right. Not yet. She's not She's not yet Suyu. She's Suyu. Um, even though I love her as a character, um, I kind of agreed with the, the way Hien was going. Probably more along the lines to protect his people. Just, mm-hmm. Like, just play it safe and just go ahead and you know, mm-hmm. kill the bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't put it like that, but <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a, that's pretty much what he was about to do. Yeah, it's basically Hand. Hand's position is basically memory loss or no. She's uh, irredeemable. She's a psychopath, basically. Um, the the position that Gosetsu is taking is that mm-hmm. hey. It, I was forced to do horrible things under the Garlands when when Kayan was acting as their client king. Gosetsu was, you know, shipped off to these foreign wars and sort of killed, you know, thousands of people for the Garlands. Um, there's there's that sort of uh, micro instance of um, one of the captains of the Doman Resistance actually having bought Yotsuyu off her father and pimped her out. Um, and he's making this point of like. And 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 it, th- this point was made um, uh, on the uh, the Alamegan side as well, 
um, by Raoul Bon was that, you know, we've all kind of committed these atrocious things um, in, in the name of, you know, trying to, trying to survive through these times. And at some point we've got to like put it all behind us and just like, uh, you know, forgive each other and try to go about the business of building a new society. Um, so is that like, is, is that compelling? Cause to me, I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Like is, is Yotsuyu, obviously it all depends on like whether she recovers her memories or not, but I don't know if I buy it. I'm 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 on here inside of this one, man. Just yeah, get it so get it over with, man. You don't think it's enough, like it's it's compelling enough of a reason to be sort of sympathetic for where she's at right now. Here's the thing. You you have if, two choices here. You either have to treat her completely normal like she did nothing wrong, which the mm, people of mm -hmm. Doma will never be able to do. So you're gonna basically mm. be putting her through a new kind of hell that is nothing mm. like the one she experienced before. So she just has to live a shitty life again anyway. And or you just take care of the problem that you wanted to take care of when the castle fell on her fucking head the first time. Mm -hmm. The thing, okay. the thing you have to realize about this, and this gets brought brought up near the end of the story. Uh, Haruko, who's there, says the people are eventually going to find out she's here. They're going to have to see her for who she is right now, even though they know for her for who she was before. So mm -hmm. eventually, this powder keg is going to blow, mm -hmm. one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um. Now it's it's up for the people of Doma to decide. Um, customs wise, you know, we can't say that they'll take the same same approach as um, Alamigo with Bordola. We're talking about two different customs. We're talking about Alamigo and we're talking about Doma. Doma obviously, you know, has different customs and different inner workings, but. I'd almost imagine the Alamegans were the more brutal of the two, but well, the, no, the Alamegans, honestly, no. I, I I thought Doma was honestly the more brutal. No, the Alamegan, and Lise had to suppress a, a fucking lynch mob. But see, that lynch yeah. mob knows that she exists, so nobody knows about. Yeah. That. So if if they did know, then I think it would play out exactly the same way. The same, yeah, yeah, yeah. Similarly, after Acts of War. Mm. Both of them, you have to remember, Fordola, Alamegan, converted into Garlean. Yatsuyu, Dolman, converted into someone for the Empire. You know, mm -hmm. they're both they're both just the same exact, you know, the same exact thing, just in two different places. Different characters, all the same, and for different motivations, all the same. But... Yeah, I mean, Fordola's doing what she thinks needs to be done for Alamigo to survive, whereas mm -hmm. Yatsuyu hates Doma. And Domans, and she was just, I mean, Fordola for did lose her 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 fucking father to Alamegans, which really right. doesn't help. Yeah, but she yeah, thought Yotsu that she was just doing had... what she needed to do for the sake of the uh, of the nation, whereas Yotsu was just a nihilist. Yeah, she was just hers was just more personal about mm -hmm. her history with Doma and what she's experienced and how she just wanted revenge mm -hmm. for all she experienced. So yeah, it's two different points. Yeah, it is. It, it's a it's a tough one. So, what do, what do we think of um, her relationship with Asahi and and all the things that Asahi has been telling us? This is one shady motherfucker. I mean, he lets us know he's a shady motherfucker, but 
before, <laughs> but even before he let us know, I was like, "This is." This oh, as soon as he shows up, you're like, "He's just got that smug fucking face." Like mm-hmm. you, but like the good old Ethis. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got he's he's, he's, got, <laughs> he's a, got the good old Ethis. He's like he's got the oh I'm, <laughs> well really, <laughs> mm. tell me more. All right, mm. um, and come on, we just watched the Imperials attack to try and get. We do we really think that all of a sudden our blood relative who is a complete loyalist is gonna be <laughs> fucking like this this well, completely unnormal and understandable guy. Well, what he's claiming is that there's these two factions, right? There's Popularis. the Populares and uh, what do they call the and This the I believe. This I yeah, actually believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing. And he's saying, well, it was the Optimates that we're, we're trying to get back. But that I, I don't believe. Populares. And uh, the Populares um, are basically about, you know, improving the, the conditions of the, the provinces. And uh, you know, giving people citizenship and sort of you know representing the common man and all that. Um, I I believe that I do. I just don't believe that he represents the popular. That's exactly my thing. You think he's in a, fact, he's feigning? We know, he's he on that we, know side. Who, we know who he represents. Yeah, we know who he's loyal to. We, we, we know who we, he's loyal to at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But there's no way that he represents the the popularis, and there is no way that he's there under the uh, the authority of the emperor. <clears throat> I doubt the emperor even knows that he's there. Now, when we found out about these two factions, um, I kind of went back and thought about uh, Fordola. Mm-hmm. Was Fordola? Do you think Fordola was acting under the popularis? Knowing what we know now, I think Fordola just cared about whatever she did, whatever she was told, and that was. Fordola, yeah, Fordola wasn't thinking that big of a picture. Fordola yeah. was thinking about Alamigo, um, mm-hmm. and I would say like Gaius was obviously more on this popularist side, um, and more on you know trying to sort of uh, secure the the quality of life of the provinces or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. her her organization was created by Gaius under that sort of philosophy. But I don't think she was ever actively thinking about the empire and what she was doing for the empire all alamigo yeah yeah hmm. um so this motherfucker comes out starts lying right off right off the bat like you just immediately don't trust a single word that comes out of his mouth you believe hmm. that certain the, again the situation here that exists think, the civil war exists to us i don't think he was lying to us about anything other than what his position was i don't think they have any sort of desire to to work with dovon on any actual level and none of that i literally own the only words i believe is that the civil war between the two different between the two different groups is brewing mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. it's yes. the only thing i believe because that's what i believe leads us in the 5.0 is is us yeah, working definitely. with one of yeah. the is working with one of the groups yeah yeah and, absolutely so um, um so that's what it for me so what is his motive then? What his motive trying? is actually personal and has nothing to do with the Empire at all. The so, Warrior of Light. Yeah, Warrior of Light. His motive is to get to him and destroy him and ruin him and everything okay. he loves and has joy and just, just everything. Rip us from the inside out. Okay. He even taunts so us why, at the end. Why set up this prisoner exchange then? Like, what's that all about? He wants us to see everyone die around uh-huh. <laughs> he wants he wants to create a situation where the warrior of light fails spectacularly mm. and no okay. and and people don't praise the warrior of light anymore 
That's how I feel. He's going to kill. He wants to kill all the prisoners. He wants to kill Hien. He wants to kill Yagiri. And he wants it all to happen while the Warrior of Light is there. And he probably wants the Warrior of Light to live so that he has mm-hmm. to live with that failure. Okay. Um, Asahi said something like very telling about his like allegiances and his motives. Um, mm-hmm. And that was that um, Xenos was supposed to lead us. Uh, us being, you know, the empire yeah. onto a glorious new age, which tells he, you he has he no thinks, loyalty to Varus. Yeah, he he thinks that Xenos has aspirations for the throne. Yeah, and he thinks he thinks that what he is doing is ultimately going to be putting Xenos on the throne. And I seriously doubt that Xenos cares about any of that. Nope, I think he made that yeah. very clear after we beat Shinryu. And uh, my audio is cut out. Hang on. Really? I hear it fine. Oh, he can't hear us. There you go. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, we're good what? now. All right, yeah. I was going to say, I can hear you. Oh, you might. We can. You, yeah, you can hear us. Got it. Yeah, hang on. All right. Um, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, so um, I think that um, Asahi thinks that he's going to be working to put Xenos on the throne and that he's going to, you know, have an important role to play in Xenos's new empire. Um, but obviously Xenos doesn't give a shit about that. Xenos has got nothing left other than the memory of this feeling of being alive that he had when he fought us, that he's going to spend the rest of his existence chasing, right? So he wants to, if, if, if that's, the, the if that thing, is Xenos, okay. If, yeah, All right. yeah, you know how I feel. Okay. Um, yeah, I yeah. know how you feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a feeling that all he wants is to sow even more discord than the last time. It's going to be like mm-hmm. a constant, like, it's like a drug mm-hmm. addict. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. get the, he has to do even more to get the high this time, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's reasonable. So so basically, we, we all agree that, like, the populars and the optimates, that's a real thing that's going on, but it's not a mm-hmm. thing that Asahi is invested in. What Asahi is invested in is working for Daddy Xenos and putting Daddy Xenos in a position of power. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what I'm suspecting with the prisoner exchange... Um, might be so we, we we remember like how how we give someone the artificial echo yeah yeah you need a uh you need like like a model for the the um the transplant the the copying whatever it is and then you need a whole bunch of bodies to sacrifice in one place yeah so a couple of people are speculating that maybe asahi is trying to steal our echo and that the prisoner exchange is going to just be like fuel for that process. Wouldn't surprise me, especially with, um, again, he wants the warrior of light to be in negative light. He doesn't want them. I mean, he kind of wants them dead, but he more so Mm -hmm. wants them to be humiliated more than anything. Mm -hmm. And what would be more humiliating than your power being used for Mm -hmm. this terrible thing? I'm trying to think who else he could possibly still the echo from that i mean they got uh, trial no problem so i'm sure they could find somebody at this point yeah well they could use cryo again i mean cryo's still yeah but she's busy with something that we'll be learning in the next right yeah yeah i think i think that we're the target because we're the one that beat xenos like obviously we're the most you know most powerful echo user as far as as yatsu has the echo correct 
Nope. No, she does not have artificial Fordola. echo. Only only Fordola and Xenos, I think, are the as success. far as we know. Yeah, as far as we know, those are the only successful ones. People who didn't die, I guess, mm -hmm. from uh, the experiments. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody presented an idea to me during the week where, uh, with more and with if more and more echo uh, echo enhanced Garleans begin popping up, I mean, this basically yeah. allows them to use magic in mm -hmm. a sense. This, exactly. is, this yeah. is a magic infusion. This starts to lead into the idea of a, of a group of Garleans being able to summon primals or being more mm -hmm. akin to primal summoning. You don't need to, I don't think you need to be a magical being to summon a primal, but if you're no. echo enhanced like Isale was, mm -hmm. then it opens up a different possibility like with uh, Xenos and Shinryu. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and I, think, I think that is um, definitely something that they're going to be about. I mean, uh, Varus doesn't seem to be so, um, I guess, cautious about about handling primals. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he went to Azizla to try and procure a neuralinking technology so that he could uh, neuralink and, and, and trap primals and, and use them in the way that the Alligans did. So if, if he has a way to do that with these sort of echo enhanced super soldiers, like he's going to jump on that. He was going to go for it. Um, and I think that that is, is very likely a sort of big um, antagonist for us in the future is having to face this whole faction of echo enhanced super garlands. Um, but I don't think it's happening just yet. Is this where they introduce the garland race, but they're all echo enhanced to uh, explain it in the story? <laughs> well, I mean, that would, that would be sufficient. I mean, if you really echo, allow them to keep experimenting on people as a, you know. <laughs> well, you don't need to be experimented on. I mean, okay, so if the Warrior of Light was a Garland, right, you could be someone that was, uh, that was experimented on, or you could just be someone that has the Echo like everyone else that has the Echo has it. Sure. Like either of those is sufficient explanation. Um, anyway, that's, that's uh, not really either here nor there. Um, hmm. So one thing about Asahi that we, uh, we we kind of skipped over to talk about the more juicy details was uh, him hiring the Kojin. Yes. And we're saying... Which he absolutely did. He absolutely did. I think it's yeah. even... I mean, the characters even say, I wouldn't be surprised if those Kojin were paid to be... Like, they... The, I think Hien yeah. says it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're mercenaries. Yeah, yeah he's, he's trying to orchestrate this conflict between Doma and the Kojin to basically to prevent them from um becoming allies i think is a huge it felt part of it. more to me like he wanted to prove he was on the same side as us yes yeah 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 when yeah. when the people's trust in my opinion yeah like he literally had the small dome and child and he's, he yeah, saved sets up this moment of him looking like a hero and yeah. giving yeah. credence to his argument that they need to sort of unite to be able to stop the beast tribes yeah i agree with that absolutely Kojin show up and be like, wait, this wasn't what we were told. All right, well, we're going to fight. So that's what yeah. we need to do. Um, I think the other thing that, um, that he did in aid of that was, uh, but what, what do you guys think about the mirror? Oh, the one he, he hands uh, Yatsu? And, and says that he hopes that she remembers. I think that that's probably, honestly, I, for a second, I thought it was a Kojin relic. That has, I think that's what I was thinking yeah. too. That was the first thing I thought of was that it was a Kojin. That yeah. it was a Kojin relic. Well, there were there were three relics that were brought together to summon Susano. Yeah, it was a sword. Mm -hmm. It was a jewel. It was a mirror. Yeah, mirror. 
I'm pretty sure that he's stolen that from the Red Cogent vault mm-hmm. and he's going to make sure that the Red Cogent know where it ended up. And again, that's about orchestrating more conflicts between the Cogent and the Domans. Because the Domans, no one, they don't know that Yotsu has got that. No one, no one saw him give that to Yotsu. So they're going to have these Red Cogent showing up on their doorstep saying, oh, you stole one of our relics. And Hian's going to be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And that's going to lead to some serious conflict. Is it going to lead to as much conflict as, as we're thinking? Because it's just the red cogent. It's not, it's not the blue cogent. I mean, and everybody in their mom knows the blue cogent are the ones to be trusted. Well, uh, okay. Not, so, what, so what happened when the uh, Ananta Kalyana rocked up to the Alamegan peace talks? They summoned the primal. They summoned right. the So what happens if the cogent rock up with the sword and the jewel? You think all cogent will be blamed on that? Of course they will. That's, yeah, of course they that's will. That's how we've treated the Beast Tribe so far. You know how hard it was for uh, during every yeah. Beast Tribe quest like initiation for any of the enlightened races to trust yeah. any form of Beast of we, Beast we Tribe? We don't think, yeah, most of the, yeah, like you say, the enlightened races, we don't think of the Beast Tribes as having like separate factions. We think of mm. they, they, them all like representing this single-minded uh, agenda and if if one Kojin summons Susano, then you know all Kojin are, are you know in on it basically as far yeah. as we're concerned. I mean, we're smarter than that, but you can't convince the masses. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so I think I think we might end up getting a single player instance in the main scenario quest with us uh, fighting Susano. In I'm Dome. down for that. Susano's Susano's a good boy. Be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be more surprised to have another one against Xenos at the mm-hmm. exchange specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say we couldn't have two. We had two solo instances this time. Obviously, again, one yeah. against the Imperials, one against the Kojin. But uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of follows the same threads there. One against the Kojin, one against the thing. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the Kojin tried to drop in on the exchange, but then the exchanges go south because the exchange is never meant to go well in the first place. Mm-hmm. It just leads to back-to-back events of, of a lot of really bad things happening. Yeah, which I'm sure is the idea. Yeah, there's a lot of really exciting things set up. It just sucks that it's basically, a, hey, she doesn't remember anything. And now we have to wonder if she will for the next three and a half months. But what happens, what happens if she does? Because on one hand, she hates the Domans. But on the other hand, she probably hates her brother even more. Yeah, her brother. Her her brother is not exactly a, a a shining light in her life. Her brother is the reason that she was sold. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So if if she gets her memory back, um, obviously her first reaction will be to, you know, um, kick against the the domans. But if she realizes what's really going on, and that these Garlands are not actually being represented. Uh, they're not representing the Garland agenda. They're representing her brother's agenda. That could be really interesting. I think she's just going to kill herself in the end. I think, I think she's got too many strings pulling her in too many different directions. I don't think, I think she's going to kill herself. I'm not kidding. Really? I do. I, I would be really dark for Final Fantasy 14. I mean, it's not the first time someone's off them. Well, presumably, it's not, often, time, so. it's not the first time someone's tried. Yeah, at the very least, right. it's not the first time. Hey, we haven't seen Papa Limo in a while, so 
Well, that wasn't suicide. <laughs> that was sacrifice. I mean, it yeah. was, but it was it was of a noble kind. Mm. It was of it was of a nobler intention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I I I don't think there's any way she gets any form of redemption. And at the same time, on I don't think there's side? any way. Yeah, on either side, I don't think I don't think there's any way this ends well for her. Well, she no, can't stay in. She can't stay in. Dumb. She can't stay in. She can't stay in. I almost tried to put your accent on it instinctively after hearing you say it. I can't. <laughs> I can't. She can't stay in Doma, and she, mm. there's no way she can go back with her brother. There's just, mm. and I don't think she wants. I don't think she'd want to serve anyone. I think Lord Zenos is the only one. I think that's the only thing that would keep her there. But I have my own theories about him because she has respect for him, but not for kind of like her brother, not for necessarily. Everyone I don't think else. she has respect for anyone. Well, she's kind of too psycho- psychopathic to really have respect, I guess. She can yeah. tolerate mm-hmm. him. All right, we'll use that. So um, with this, does this mean the end of Gosetsu, too? Because you got to remember, he's un- like her protector now. Yeah, well, go again, Gosetsu's taking this position of, well, we've all sinned. He says, at, at whose feet do these sins lie, is, is what he asks here. And he's making the point, he's saying, well, I've done horrible things. Uh, you've done horrible things. The, the, the captain in the Dome Resistance, and probably most of the other people in the Dome and Resistance have done horrible things. It took them mm-hmm. um, over a decade before they actually stood up against the Garlands. And right up until that time, they were all, all colluding and collaborating with the Garlands in the oppression of their own people. Um, so I think he's going to hold on to that position. I don't think he's necessarily going to, going to die. I think he's going to die protecting. I hope he does. I think he's dead. (laughs) Wow. Really? I I think him and Yatsu are are dead before the end of this expansion. I I hope hope he does because when, when we thought he was dead in 4.0, it was so poignant. Um, and, um, We've taken that away from him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we've we've interrupted like this really, really good character arc. And I was um, making this joke after 4.0 that I thought it would be really interesting and really funny if Gosetsu just spends like the rest of Stormblood like trying to um, achieve this noble sacrifice and trying to like, you know, die so these friends can escape or so that, you know, he can save Dome or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just keeps failing over and over again, just like can't die. <laughs> um, He's like a and, reverse uh, Kenny. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I <laughs> thought that that would be like really, really funny. Um, but it seems as they're not gonna play him that way and that's fine, but I think he still does need to, he, he needs to close the loop somewhere. Yeah, I don't think I he think makes it to 5.0. I don't think he may, I don't think no. him or Yahtzee make no. it to 5.0. Mm. Yahtzee is a possibility. I think Yahtzee... I just said I don't think either of them will make yeah, it. Yeah, I just think it's a possibility that, you know, Gasetsu dies protecting Yahtzee and kind of Yahtzee just lives on to kind of carry mm-hmm. him on, carry on his, his mission, so to speak, mm-hmm. or his what? belief. So one of the the big things is after Asai's tried to build this trust, and we've been talking about it a lot, he finally reveals his true intentions. He's he the fact that he wants us to know is almost like comically silly, but at the same time, it's like because I remember at this you were like, 
we're gonna tell everyone around us that that just happened, right? Yeah. Like we're not. Yeah. We're and not we do. gonna. And we do. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking do. this. I was like, please don't tell me we keep this a secret. Please. Don't. He just literally walked up to you. He's like, I'm gonna ruin you. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin you. Go ahead. Go ahead. His head. face just Please. 180s and becomes like yeah, the most evil looking thing you've ever seen. It was it was really funny though because I play an Elzen, so he's like up to my belly button. He's yeah, like, he's trying to threaten you from like, <laughs> like I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I'm like I'm like all right, let's go. <laughs> I'm sorry, could you uh, could you get a step stool or something? I can't hear you from down there. But then I see some screenshots of him like doing it to a Lalafell, and I'm like, all right, that'd be pretty intimidating. I mean, to be fair, everything is intimidating when you compare talking to yeah. a Lalafell. Imagine yeah, going into turn just... 13 with a, as a Lalafell, you're like, all right, well. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Still did it, though. Mm. I, oh, apparently when you're a Lalafell, he'll kneel. Really? <laughs> he'll kneel and make the angry face? He'll, uh, he'll make sure he gets as close to eye level to you as possible. Okay, all right. Yeah, it just it just wasn't. I was like, really? <laughs> like, do you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. He knows, and he wants you to know that he knows, and he wants mm. you to know that he does not give a fuck. He really doesn't. He's like, go ahead, get mad, get mad, ruin, ruin these negotiations that just happened, please. Mm. Yeah, attack me. And Come that, on, that's the thing is that, is that like hands right that we do have to play along. Um, we have to play along yeah. because if there's any chance of being able to recover these uh, these prisoners, then you know he has to like he has to take the chance. Yeah, mm -hmm. no choice, unfortunately. Mm. And um, I mean, the thing that Asai doesn't reveal, the most important thing, is that Xenos is still around. Yeah, he even he even when he's speaking to you, he says, "When you killed my master." Like he yeah. he, he mm -hmm. um, does not want us to know, which is even more telling about what he wants to happen at this mm -hmm. at this event. Yeah, and speaking of and speaking of that, what did we think of the flashback with uh, Asahi and Zenos? Kind of, it's how do I describe it? It's almost like when Fordola was was cornered, except that this time Big Daddy Zeno showed up instead of her dad taking a rock to the face. So that yeah. that flashback that was back to the same time frame as 2.0. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this this is a really important thing for, for people to recognize because um a lot of people get confused about like Xenos' timeline and, and how long he's actually had um the uh the resonant for. He had it in 2.0. The the domains um uh, basically the, the Garland Civil War kicked off during 2.0. Um, and uh, Gaius ignored it and was like, nah, I've got shit to do here in Aeorzy with Ultima Weapon. You guys sort it out. I'll see you later. Um, he was basically AWOL at that point. Um, the Doman saw, oh, sweet, Galean Civil War. Here's our opportunity to, to you know, rebel and, and you know, get our nation back. Um, so Xenos is shipped out, um, fresh with the, the Resonant and... Uh, Basically, single-handedly shuts him down. What is this? It's him bending down. Oh my god! <laughs> Sweet, that's so good. Wow, that is so good. Oh, that's hilarious. It's eye level. That that would look uh, like now that we think about it, that does look intimidating as fuck. 
I mean, the Warrior of Light looks unfazed still. With a goatee like that, I don't blame them. It's like, what, right. you looking at me? You can't even grow facial hair, bitch. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, the flashback is basically to the Domin Rebellion, which the Garlands are trying to suppress, and Daddy Xenos saves Asahi's life. And he goes, oh, that's that's my, that's sand pie. That's Holy sand shit. pie right there. No, that's that, also that the, the cutscene where he he gets a katana. That's where he he. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Was that the first time he picked up a katana? Like, yes. It's like I like this. Okay, and then like, and then he goes off to kill Lord kill Lord Kyan. Yes. Man, what a what a fortunate event series of events for him. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like no, this. Right. To be fair, he could have killed Kyan with just resonant alone. He didn't need the fucking sword, but it helps. Right. You know, it helps. Um, so yeah, and then that's when we learn in the post in the the post credits or I guess the the post game scenes is that Xenos yeah, Galvis is alive. Thoughts or is he? Thoughts. So um, what we see is we see Xenos looking not nearly ten feet tall like he like he does because he's sitting down again. He's sitting down for once, um, and he's got a cloth around his neck. Yeah, he's got a bandage. I was on his like, throat. that's not gonna work. <laughs> mm. your, your wounds are a little, probably a little deeper than that. Mm. I don't think that's Xenos. Okay, who do we so think it is? is? That is Elidibus. Okay. All right. I I think back to Elidibus revealing his face to Varus, and what would piss mm. Varus off more than seeing his own dead son's face? He's like, you, how could you? And he's like, but I got this. <laughs> what Elidibus mm-hmm. is actually doing, I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a fake echo is going to let him respawn at his home well, point. It's not, it's not fake. It's the same as All any right. other echo. The replicated echo, the resonant. Okay. I don't think the resonant's going to let him slit his throat and respawn at his home point. To be fair, I don't know how they got the body out of there, but. <laughs> All the same. Yeah, there was no body there. I, I think that it's kill, killing someone with the echo is no is no simple thing. Um what do we have to do to destroy an Asian? Lots of ether. Okay. We we have to trap their soul in a special container and then blow it up with a whole mm-hmm. bunch of ether. Um we have to science the shit out of it. Um, there, there is no difference between an Asian and anyone else that has the echo. They're Asians because they have the echo. Destroying their body is not sufficient. Nope. It's not sufficient to kill them. It's not enough. Um, it shouldn't, it shouldn't surprise us just because, um, uh, because Xenos hasn't sort of had that experience before, just because he hasn't like fallen in battle before. Um, I think that he thought he was going to die. He thought he was killing himself. And it didn't work because he's got the resonant, because he's got the echo. So he's like, shit, what do I, what, are you serious? What do I do now? And what does he do now? He's just had this um, epiphany, basically, where the only time he's ever felt alive. <laughs> is when he's he's fighting us and when he's on the the sort of uh very very brink 
Um, and that's, that's all he's got. He's like, well, I can't, I can't go past that. So now I die. Oh shit. I can't die. So what do I do? What does he do? He's got to, he's got to chase that. Doesn't he? He's got to chase. He's that also got to assume we can't die either. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, up. so that's the position that he's in. Um, and I think he's letting Asahi believe that he has aspirations for the throne so he can sort of use Asahi to, you know, basically put himself in the position where he can have that experience again. Here's where it gets, here's where I, um, get my thoughts. Somebody took mm-hmm. my thought in the chat. I can't wait for this. Asahi's going to end up killing Xenos. Mm-hmm. Not for the throne, not for um, you know political gain or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of piggybacking, piggybacking off of uh, what we talked about with the whole Brutus mm-hmm. uh, name. I think um, near the end of near the end of Stormblood, near the end of four point oh, Asahi's going to end up killing killing Xenos. You think so? Anyway, well. Didn't move kill he make daddy yeah. proud. He gave him that rush of living on the edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think he can. I don't know. I don't remotely, know if he'll assist I, us with it. I don't even think he could orchestrate an assassination against him. Not to mention, no. not to mention, actually defeat him, regardless of obtain, ob- obtaining the resonant. Which I think Asahi will have the resonant at some point. I don't mm-hmm. think he has it now. I think he will have it. And if anything, mm-hmm. he wants yeah. us to give it to him, like Ethos mm-hmm. was explaining. Because he wants daddy to be proud. Now, if someone brought up the point, I was going to bring it up, but but Sly raised his hand in class first. Uh, Isale? Okay. Isale. Okay, so where's where's Isale? Echo gifted, right. gone, dead. So what? So what? What happened? What 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 happened to her when she died? She was shot by a big ass cannon while she was a summon, while she was a primal. I'm assuming right. that because she took the form of a primal when her ether dissipated, it dissipated like well. It, I think I think it's more the point that she got hit by a barrage of missiles and it absolutely obliterated her corporeal form, right? So mm-hmm. Yazel's soul, her anima, could be drifting around the live stream somewhere. We we know that someone that has the echo, their soul doesn't like break apart in the live stream like um like normal people do. So it could still be drifting around mm-hmm. somewhere. But the thing is I've seen it, it once. Got, her body got vaporized. Zeno slit his throat. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a jump there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Zeno's body wasn't destroyed; he just slit his throat, and then presumably realized that that wasn't sufficient, and thought, "Ah, shit! All right, okay, I guess I better bandage that up. I guess that's not going to kill me." Can they dig up I a really body in four point one? Wasn't there wasn't a grave dug up in four point one or something? Well, they were saying that that his body had disappeared. I don't think they mentioned anything about a grave. I think they were more saying that his body. In the menagerie, when they went to collect it, was not there. It's got to be the way. And and yeah, again, it's possible That's that like a, it's a possible that Elidibus took it and just sort of walked out with it. For anyone um, wondering, <laughs> if you didn't we know, Bernie's type and shit. For anyone wondering, by the way, if you didn't know that um, you're like Asians have possessed alive people in the summoner quest line, they possess dead people. Just yes, as a, as yeah. a point of reference, they have done it. Just you don't see La Habrea does it with Thancred, who's still alive, as opposed yes. to what happens in the summer. So just for anyone goes there with that, they have proven they can they can do it if they really want to. Okay, 
Um, well, again, it's it's possible that Elidibus took the body. Um, but then we have to ask whose body was Elidibus using before that? It just sort of raises more questions, doesn't it? I mean, oh, you yeah, like, how do we keep track of that? I'm just saying, like, he must have been using someone's body before that, right? Yeah, but yeah, but did we ever keep track of who he used before? No, we had no idea who he was using before. We we do right. know that he showed up in a corporeal form um, almost immediately after guys disappeared. <laughs> hey, I I that was one of that was one of my. Are we still on this? Back in four point I did say when we when we saw him take the mask off, Gaius was one of the potentials. Yeah. And that. I think guys, look, look, you guys, you guys know what I'm like with guys. When when someone does a, an unveiling or whatever, or when someone's wearing a mask and we don't know who it is, it's guys until proven otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> the Griffin was guys until proven otherwise. All right, all right, come on now, you fucking yeah. knew that wasn't yeah anyone yeah. but no. no, the Griffin was guys until no, proven you otherwise. Knew. You knew exactly no, who no, it was. No, 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 no. no. Schrodinger's was Gaius's son until proven otherwise. <laughs> That's one motherfucker we've let who ride. Who is his we've, wife? We've let then? ride for too long. Who is his wife? He didn't have a wife. It was, uh, uh, what's her name? The one who died with La Habrea? Yeah. Um, ah, shit. Igithorm? No. No, 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 no. Uh, Li- uh Livia. Livia? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I for some reason I was still going with Elidibus, not not I was still thinking Elidibus and not Gaius. Yeah, there you go. And I mean it was it was obvious that the Griffin was Ilburn. However, they were saying like, oh he's been burned beyond recognition, apparently. And oh, if the Garlands knew who he was, they'd send a legion after him. And really, there's all these rumors going around, which was so obvious. Koji being like, oh, is it Gaius? He's like just Jingling some keys at me and the anonymous being like, huh? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, a little bit is guys until proven otherwise. I'm, uh, I'm going with because uh, chat brought this up. The echo is not the blessing of light, and we need to clarify that they are two different yes. things. Yeah, so I don't, yeah. the echo is, I don't think the echo lets you survive having your throat slit. <laughs> I think the blessing of light. Like the blessing well, of light, the only, maybe. The only difference between the echo and the blessing of light is that with the blessing of light, you have this the, these basically giant etherpool stacks in your back pocket. That's the only difference. Does the blessing of light let you see into the past? I'm pretty sure that's the echo. That's the echo, exactly. Yeah. The only thing that the blessing of light does is gives you this massive reservoir of ether. That's 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 all. Man, you know what I just remembered? Chat brought it up. Whatever happened to the storyline of the Sahagin that had the echo? Like obviously yeah. we know what happened to him, but what well, exactly, there's another one. Well he got he got absorbed. We know what by happened to him, but like yeah. his obtaining of the echo. Well that that story was um uh, basically demonstrating that um it's possible to give the echo artificially. That the echo can oh, be so they were setting that up for the resin produced. Yeah, yeah, but but in that case, it was being the given blessing by... also has regen, so it probably regens his throat because the blessings what gives you regen in solo instances too. Where, so where's your original? Go ahead. 
we're, we're going like way outside the scope of today's discussion, yeah. but I have this theory in the back of my head, um, given that we know the echo can be made artificially, given we know that the echo was given to that uh, Sahagan by um, Elidibus, presumably. Um, I, I have this idea that our echo, the origins of it is not Heidelin and that Highlands co-opted it, but our, our, our echo is more convenient to the Asians than it is to anyone else, given that it allows them to perpetuate the summoning of more powerful primals. So we get more powerful, so the primals get more powerful, so we get more powerful, so the primals get more powerful, and you escalate into chaos and, you know, uh, uh, basically a torrent of rejoinings and then Zodiac, right? Um, there's a part of me that really strongly suspects that we were actually given the echo not by Heidelin, but by the Asians. And the blessing and from Heidelin, Heidelin is... Yeah, and that the blessing from Heidelin and what, everything that Heidelin has done subsequently is just trying to make the best of a really, really dire situation. I mean, yeah, we still have the Archbishop and the way he looked at us. He's just like, yeah. what are you? But, but back to the point, yes, absolutely, the echo is sufficient for you to be able to cut your throat and not not die. I still think it's a little bit. I'm riding the Elidibus train. All right. Okay. That's that's where I'm staying well, that's, with that that's one. That's good. That's good. Um, overall, a lot of these things probably won't have all of them answered in 4.3. We'll at least get no. a deeper look no. into Asahi Sus Brutus. Uh, more exciting is the Domain Enclave for me in 4.3, which we know will be taking a precedence as uh, the crafting and gathering Beast Tribe quests with a lot of main characters and such. I hope it becomes our Idleshire, to be honest. Yeah, I, I hope so. It's it's more interesting than Rogger's Reach at the moment. <laughs> I mean, Rogger's Reach yeah. is really cool, but... Rogger's Reach has a lot of story, but it's no, also... It's not. It, yeah, Rogger's Reach has got a lot of history to it, especially no. with the Temple of the Fist I mean, at the top. It, yeah, but, the Temple of the Fist is around, but yeah, I just don't... But find, it's also like, completely when I knew worthless... That was because, yeah, like, yeah, Rogger's well, Reach right now functions as as the connect as sort of the... Uh, the What's the word I'm looking for? The point of communication between the other city states and and the not yet fully functional uh, Alamigo yeah. itself. But yeah. it also has remained a complete shithole for two patches now, and I would like yeah. to have something that looks a little nicer. Yes. Yep. So I agree. That's that's where I stand. You can fucking plan out all you want, lease whatever you actually think you're doing there, but you know we are we got she other shit. Shit. Yeah, she ain't doing shit. But anyway um so that covers most of 4.2 i don't think there's any point we didn't hit on that isn't like a hot topic there mm -hmm. um yeah. obviously we have to talk about sorabod and his part but that's when we go into talking about the four lords um yeah which, which i guess we can cover next since it is that and fractal yeah, are kind of the next big thing so um four lords already better than the entirety of the warring triad story <laughs> I think the only detail from the Warring Triads where I liked really? was Unakalhai. Like Regulo was completely underplayed. Each of the triads themselves had an interesting backstory, but it wasn't a focal mm -hmm. point of the current story. That was just their history and lore within well, the it world. Filled out, it filled out like the whole Mercidian War and told us like so much about the Allegans. That's what I'm saying, like, but it was it didn't it didn't apply. It answered so many it. questions though. We're like, why why is Zande so fucking big and ripped when we fight him in Crystal Tower? Oh, because they that's have what those I'm saying. There's a difference between the story being games. told and the lore being established. Okay. Yeah, all right. I'll give you I'll give you that. The so lore that was established there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. The lore established there was fantastic in the war. So what's, what's so great about the story of the four lords? Then? The story of the four lords, not only building out the lore, but it's actually got a fucking story that doesn't feel like, uh, well, that was a fucking waste of my time. Which is how it felt. I felt like the like the Warring Triad story was a complete waste of time outside of learning who Unukalhai was. Well, the Warring Triad storyline was like, well, if these things wake up, they're going to do a lot of... Exactly. We've been doing that for fucking four years with every okay. primal. I don't care anymore. Every primal. Yeah. And you you know what the Four Lords story is? Hey, if this Zoryu guy wakes up, he's going to cause a lot of damage. We need to stop that from happening. It's the same fucking story. No, there's a lot more going on. Okay, what, what, what's, what's going the on? Estab- what if- Again, lore versus story, but I feel like the way it's being okay. presented here with with the uh, with the uh, with the auspices and Hell's Lit uh-huh. itself and everything, it's just far more. It, it's approachable. It's far more interesting. There's the characters. There's actually characters that are being developed throughout the story. Genbu and the rest of the four lords are actually being developed. There's actually Sorbonne. interaction with. There's the actually primals. interaction with the primals themselves. There's a lot more going mm. on here. Like Sephiroth, well, you know what Sephiroth's you know what Sephiroth's interaction with you was? Ugh! Who the fuck are you? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, really- yeah, they're not primals, but yeah, there's interaction between like what we're going to be dealing with, rather mm-hmm. than just oh hey, Sephiroth just showed up. Oh, Sophie's here. Nice tits. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Zervin's here. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what we get. Yeah, and Regula's like, all right, well, I guess I'll sacrifice myself for this. Uh, all right, I didn't find anything useful, so it's all right, mm-hmm. it's whatever. Then Unokalha is like, yeah, I had to make sure that this shit didn't happen. My master, by the way, is the ma- it was one of the main villains of the plot, in case you didn't know mm-hmm. that. We're going to let that go, no, for the time being. No, it just happens to also be named Elidibus. I'm just saying. <laughs> that motherfucker is still just chilling, and he just should not just still be chilling with what we know about him. So they're not, they're not primals. That was yeah. I, that was is a this small is point because they they like you said they act effectively like primals for the mm-hmm. sake of the storytelling, but they mm-hmm. aren't. Yeah, and I I found this really interesting because at first I was like, all right, this is so left field. Like, how how the fuck do they explain this? Um, but it's it's actually pretty compelling. Um, Tenzin was a warrior of light. Yeah, he had a crystal mm-hmm. of light. Rather than gathering human scions around him, he was. Uh, furry or something and he got a big tiger and, and a big bird and the auspices yeah and a big a big turtle um and turtle uh, basically uh, apparently anyway animals when they reach about a thousand years of age their their anima has developed to the point where they're basically literate they're they're uh, they have a sort of higher sentience than you know beasts or monsters or whatever mm-hmm. um and apparently when you combine that and expose them to uh, a crystal of light they get really buff they they become capable of transformations to much stronger forms um yep. something i didn't and pick like, up when i was going through I'm hell's lit until it was explained was that we were fighting only auspices in the hell I, yeah. as, soon as, as soon as they explained who the auspices were i went back and figured it out because i was like oh we're yeah. chasing this fox and then i was like oh we were fighting auspices yeah. as we were going yeah. through hell's yeah. lit yeah we we're fighting lesser and, auspices yeah yeah and and the so weed and you just... go ahead the the four lords basically um they have this shrine dedicated to tenzin where they keep this crystal of light and they go around the realm 
identifying other animals that have reached this age and then collecting them, bringing them back to the shrine. And then via exposure to that crystal light, they gradually grow in strength until they become um, super buff tiger daddy. Yeah. And it is worth mentioning that it is, and it is explained if you go around talking to the NPCs that uh, the uh, Tama, uh, Tamamo is also an auspice, though one that mm-hmm. had fell to their, um, yes. what's the term? I, I Give me the term for, for the evil inside them. What is it? Um, yeah, Aramagatama. Yeah, that Aramagatama. No, that's so. That's uh, that's uh, what's her face? Uh, Lakshmi. Lakshmi. She's the one with the chimichangas. Oh, yeah, my bad. She's the one with the chimichangas. Yeah, right. there. Aramatama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are Matama. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing that was worth that was interesting. I thought mm-hmm. was learning about Tamamo, which which I think is um, like ontological. I, I I think I think it's the same thing as like the the warriors in a beast or the same thing as like the darkness that the dark knights refer to it's basically mm-hmm. once you're exposed to a lot of ether you've got a lot of ether building up inside yourself you've got to kind of keep it balanced otherwise you go off the rails yeah and we see we see that play it's not the first time we've been exposed to that theme but there's a little yeah. bit more at stake here if the uh if the auspices you know fall to their aramitama and one that has completely fallen is Koryu. Yes. Yeah. And he is going to be the center point, which makes a lot more sense when uh, Sly gets a Sly Jesus moment and Genbu was the last boss of Hell's Lid, as he mm-hmm. had called it. So you get your Sly. I said, there's no way because four lords, four dudes. We already know the four dudes. That's it. And then, and then Genbu's here, so we already know who the 4.5 boss is now. That kind of made, that still made me sad as fuck. I, I wanted Genbu as a primal, as a primal fight. Just wait for the ultimate primal. version. I love the explanation. Words. Was that he was too old? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's an old turtle, and that's what but, I love about all the auspices uh, that they they really lean heavily on um, Japanese um, myth and lore. Because you see yeah. Inagami, you see Nue, Sinri. Yeah, it's really cool. I the others, yeah, I forget the other ones. Yeah, I like the fat cat because the fat cat's like I could kill you in a second. You wouldn't even. Yep, Sinri. <laughs> Yes, yeah, fat cat's the best one. <laughs> when they, the when they not even that fat though either. When they first brought them in, I was kind of worried um, because I was like, "All right, this is so different from like anything we've seen in Final Fantasy XIV before." Like, are they? How do they explain that these things are possible? Are they just gonna like retcon it? Like, what's gonna happen? And they sort of tied it in with this whole like anima and like crystals of light, and it, I thought it was really, really well done. I'm really, really satisfied with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's obviously something that they've been thinking about for quite a long time as well. Yeah, and uh, as Ethis simplified it into, ultimately our goal is to ensure that all of the major auspices, the four lords themselves, do not fall to their Armatama, and three of them are close to it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the only and, way to get rid of it is to face it head on. And and, so and, and the problem is, games. the yeah. problem is, is that they they need to be in that sort of balanced state of mind in order to be able to. Um, hold the seal that traps choreo the traps call you mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. yeah which is obviously gonna fail and we're gonna have to fight call you anyway i mean even um what's her face uh god I, it's been so long since i've had to say her name come on guys lalafell cryo no the one who's there it's been too long since i've had to say your name what it's Tataru. Tataru, there you go it's just yeah, been so long okay. i can't 
I, it's just been so long since I've said her name, I couldn't get it. Like, it's just my brain shut her name out completely. Mm-hmm. She's been a non-fact. As once we found out she wasn't pure evil, I kind of oh, just right. forgot. Yeah. Yeah. That but she's still pure evil, but she's just, like, yeah. about the money. There you go, Tyler. Which was, which was one game. of the main things about this story, like, um, what, oh, the selling, thing with that was so funny. Yeah, so buying funny. the sword. That, how much did, he, did she say it cost? It was, like, a house or something? That, yeah. Yeah, it was enough for a large yeah. house. So it was like yeah. forty-two million. Yeah. Um, so even even Tataru straight up says this is not going to work. So you got to be ready to fight him when he when he comes out, because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna free all their Aramatama. And I, I we so we get to see Biako. He's the first one, and yeah. I immediately took a liking to the way this was approached because we were all under the impression mm-hmm. that again they were all going to be primals and that yeah. Um, that's all it was going to be. They were just like, I mean, oh, something happened and there's all these primals that are coming out now. Ooh. And I think having I think, that expectation. I think, this is better. I think this is more interesting the way that they did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And then you get to see Biako. He presents himself as, you know, his in his balanced, controlled state. And then he basically <laughs> just says, beat me up, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like the explanation that they made for the extreme mode. Biako was like, "All right, you fought him in story mode, and he was a bit of a pushover, but he's like really old. So this extreme mode is like what he was like before he got old and frail." It's probably Yoshida's explanation for all. Not of that them. much. Yeah. Well, that was, it was <laughs> the same. That, he wasn't that much stronger as a young no, man. Not that he wasn't that much stronger. Yeah. Exactly. Played a little bit more. Played a little bit too much Toho. When he yeah, was younger, that's yeah. about it. But it was kind of the same explanation for uh, the Warring Triad. It was like, all right, well, you fought them when they were just sort of woozy and like waking up, and you want to you here's here's what they're like after they've had their morning coffee. Was it wasn't it a training program for? The, yeah, like, the training or, program yeah. was. Similar, yeah, it was yeah. a training program to simulate them at their full power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I was I was a big fan. Biako is the first primal, I think. I guess primal, since we kind of just we def- we default to calling trials primals almost. Well, yeah. Nowadays. Which is yeah. Yeah. Um he's kind of the first trial boss where we've almost seen like eye to eye with since Ramu. Susano you could kind of argue yeah. with, but he was but this was this the concept of actually connecting with our foe is not something that we get very often unless the foe wants it, like Xenos. Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we we connected with um, Ravana, even though it was like the glory of battle. I mean, I would say we so much connected with him as much as we were just like, yo, listen, we just need a way to solve this. And we're like, all right, fight. He's like, fight me. We had had some repartee with Ravana and Sly's right about that is like that that very rarely happens. The ones that like to fight or the really wise ones are the ones that we we level with because that's it. Mm -hmm. The ones that aren't assholes for no reason just lit ravana wasn't like i want ether ravana's like i want war so he wasn't he was crazed by something else we're like well let's go that's it it's the only way to solve it then um but yeah i was i i'm i'm happy to level i always like leveling with the enemy a little bit more than just as some they're crazy just take care well it's nice it's nice for them to be characters yeah which is the problem with so many of the primals and the thing that frustrates me with so many of the primals because I, f- I feel like all the primals have a potential to be characters and to have, um, you know, motivations and to have, like, 
characters that have personalities. And they don't. They just, they just never do. A good example is Garuda. Her history is that she was actually a benevolent god, god once, and then she what battled a giant snake she and dragons. No, no, no. That's in the Ixal. In the Ixal's <laughs> his, in the Ixal's oh, history, okay. the idea is yeah. that she was once a benevolent. She was once a benevolent god, and then battled. Mm. I think it was a giant snake, and then to survive, had to drink its blood, and it sent her into a raging bloodlust or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's it's... there. But you know what we see? <laughs> that's all. <laughs> That's all we really get to see of her. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. what I like about Biako is now that he's there, he's not dead. We ended the fight, he's not dead, we freed him as Armatama. He's right. there to freely interact with the next portions of the story and play mm-hmm. a role in uh, dealing with Siryu and Suzaku, yeah. where the two remaining. Which is really cool. Ones. Yeah. And then yeah, finally, no, I... Koryu. Who, uh... Koryu, uh, Koryu, for anyone wondering, because I know there's probably some Final Fantasy XI people out there, another name for Kieran. Because this is a story that's very similar to the one, to or the characters, I should say, are from Final Fantasy XI, and we're all together yeah. there, too. They're part of a Japanese mythology, but, you know, seeing them all grouped up here is nostalgic. But more importantly, they're from Final Fantasy XI. Yeah, but more importantly, they're from Final <laughs> Fantasy XI. Right? Hey, this this Biako, as much as I like the meme on that fight list, and I'll take it over just being a tiger, which was the original fear that it was just gonna be fighting a tiger, whoop de do. I'll take no, uh, it, was a, it was a great fight. It was cool. I'll take rule thirty four Biako over over just regular tiger Biako. Is that what we're calling it? Rule thirty four Biako. Yeah, rule thirty four Biako. That's it. Okay. Old man Genbu. Alright. Okay. Yeah, he's not rule thirty four Genbu. That does that's not gonna fly. <laughs> he's just a fucking old man yeah yeah there you go um then we move over to the fractal continuum which yeah. generally we don't get to say too much but this was a nice kind of uh follow-up slash conclusion to both of the ixal storylines that have been presented both in uh-huh. the fractal continuum mm-hmm. normal mode and the ixal beast tribe quests mm-hmm. and also we got to figure out what the fuck else is going on in fractal continuum which is a little scary to be honest what they were working on in there um yeah for a museum, it doesn't seem very. Well, museum-y. it's not just a museum. Well, we know that now. <laughs> we know that for certain now. Mm-hmm. It's also a factory for Ultima weapons, mm-hmm. which is probably where Proto Ultima came flying out of. Yep, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fragment Continuum. I mean, what else is there to say? It's, the Ixals learn the truth. Yeah. Well, one of the um, Ikatl Nine. Uh, basically decides to steal the airship. He wants to go and see Aotlin. He wants to find it. Turns out, surprise, it's Azaslaw. <laughs> and um, he gets shot down and crash lands um, in the Fractal Continuum and is sort of wandering around there trying to work out why the hell nothing is aggroing him. Um, and then he finds that exhibition, which we found the first time we were in there of the... Yep. Uh, Ixalian, and he's like, oh, this, look, this, this is me. This looks like me. What the fuck? Um, and that was really cool because I was really hoping that we were going to get some sort of, uh, you know, payoff there. They had to figure it out at some point. Like, when yeah. they did, when they, when we never got well, to the point of... They didn't have to. That's no, the thing. It's like, they could have just, they could have just left it and, it and it was like, all right, well, we, we know. They don't need to know. We know. Um, I mean, here's the thing with the, with the, with I would have said that if not for the fact they had the Exalt Beast Tribe with them building an airship to yeah. get them back. Like, that alone told me at some point they have to succeed. 
and actually yeah. get to their homeland, which somehow the stories got pretty skewed from where they originally started. Yeah. <laughs> over the uh, over the millennia in which they uh, the well, stories were retold. I and, mean, this is my question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go on. I was just going to ask, where did the name Ayatman come from? Well, it's as a, as his law. It's a, it's obviously like a derivative or a bastardization of Azizlaw. Yeah, it's very close to Azizlaw. It's very, yeah. very, very close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they they believe that they came from this um, island in the clouds uh, that they were created by their god Garuda up there, and turns out that's more or less how it happened man if we had got this information them faster we might have a one less primal to deal with. yeah now if you present it to them they wouldn't give a shit the ones that are tempered they wouldn't give a shit if they learned this all of yeah. a sudden but uh the ones that aren't tempered they're uh honestly i was kind of impressed with how they handled it at best yeah yeah well um uh Dezul kalan basically said well we'll find our ail and somewhere else we'll find yeah we'll find our own like if that's not mm-hmm. if that's not what we were told the promise land we'll make sure that we have one to tell the future generations a real one pretty mm-hmm. much and that's pretty much as go- as good of a reaction as you're going to get as opposed yeah. to basically feeling like your life's work was for nothing which was the alternative yeah no i thought that was pretty cool so um obviously the other really cool thing in there was the fact that that was the facility where they were uh designing ultima and we find all of these Ultima prototypes. Prototypes. Yeah. And the the, th- the thing that I thought was really cool was that an important part of the Ultima prototyping was them working on this, this AI to uh, replicate the abilities of primals. Yeah. Um, and the way they were doing it was, and, 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 and explains why that they, they have these simulations, why they were running these simulations for us for uh, the Warring Triad Extreme is because it was basically these programs that they were setting up that they could have an AI basically study in order to be able to you know replicate those abilities or whatever. Um, and that was obviously what they were trying to do before presumably the Asians gave them the heart of Subbeak and was like, just absorb the primals. Easy. Do yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, which obviously came later. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool as well. Yeah, it's good, always good to see the Alagans because a lot of our current perception of them comes from what the Asians gave them and Omega. Uh-huh. Like, that's... We, we get yeah. to see a lot of how their technology advanced after those two points. Yeah. Now, we could probably presume that Ultima... This Ultima is after they have Omega still because they're, yes. probably, mm-hmm. they're, they're almost definitely using his design and his... his uh, yeah his i guess being as a sense as a prototype itself and you see that in um in uh when the garleans are trying to replicate ultima yeah. and, and you see omega-ish appendages in there too yeah. so there's a lot of information that backs up that ultima is based on omega which is also normal with the other well, it's, how they, it's how they develop etheric chemistry in general yeah. like like um omega has got this ability um, as, as far as what it looks to us to sort of create life out of nothing of these constituent components. But really the, the Allegans have reverse engineered that. And um, when we see these vats full of these green goop where they're breeding these chimeras, that, that's, that's what they're doing. They're doing the same process as what Omega does. They Just not sort of summoning them out of nothing. Yeah. They're biologically building them. 
Um, well, Omega's biologically yeah. building them. He's just doing it a yeah. lot faster yeah. <laughs> and a lot more efficiently. Much more, yeah. as we've learned. Um, and then we, the Ultimate Beast, I guess, is their their culmination of. I don't remember what the simulation describes during uh, during the Ultimate Beast encounter. I remember it during the Ultimate Warrior, where they're describing that it it because of its unpredictability, it would leave enemies uh, mm. guessing. But I don't remember anything about the simulation during Ultimate Beast or leading the, up. To the it. purpose of the Ultimate Beast was basically that um, it could be like modified with a lot of like different appendages and different weaponry. Makes sense, considering the way that the, that fucked up looking thing. Yeah. So basically, they, they were all like uh, parts of the ultimate weapon, aspects of the ultimate weapon that they were sort of experimenting with. It's too bad they never got to do anything with these. <laughs> and it's hard to tell if and now that we've been in there and seen that the that the factory is self-sufficient in a way, mm -hmm. if yeah. uh, if we're going to do anything with that. Yeah, like I don't, I don't recall. Okay. If, I don't think beating the ultimate beast just means all of a sudden as a slot doesn't operate on its own. I mean, to stay in the air, it has to operate. The, the technology has to somewhat operate on its own. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it doesn't need a pilot. It's all self sufficient. You got all those AIs roaming about anyway. Mm -hmm. All the nodes. Well, the thing the is, the thing Excuse is, me. the thing, the thing that's powering the uh, the engine that keeps it afloat is the Warren Triad. Yeah, which and if we've canonically defeated them, then we're going to assume that eventually, whether it's like one year or ten years or a thousand years, that it's like the battery is going to die and it's going to drop out of the sky. Yeah, I just don't think that it's going to happen. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see that happen. No, I don't think so either. I think that this the the theory of the story taking place within the the stretching bubble of time, yeah, would prevent it mm -hmm. from ever happening. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Unless yeah. a character in the story, they canonically want that character to expose that trait, but that would also have to acknowledge this doing the side quests of taking care of the warring triad, which yeah. becomes problematic for other reasons. Maybe yes. they'll move Azasla to Eureka, which we'll get to after this next point real quick. <clears throat> We're going to do Omega real quick. I have about 35 yep. minutes till raid, so let's hit what we can. And honestly, unfortunately, there's not much to say with Omega. Like, there's... Again, we don't have anything to say about yeah. the fights themselves because, once again, they're all simulations meant to test us and none of the theories of the heroes being in play here when or any sort of anything at all plays. There's just things that mm -hmm. happen around those four simulations. Yes. Pretty much. Yes. Uh, we go back in and he's like, hey, you're back. You beat the trash first. And then, and then he's like, Alpha, what are you doing? You got some stuff here, Alpha? You figured out? You got cards now? You got cards now. <laughs> tell us something about that. <laughs> tell us something about that. You got cards now? Yeah. I mean, like, I was, I don't think this, I think this is the weakest second part of a story that we've had of all three of the Raid series so it's far. It's almost oh. the same as the first, so you can't really call it weakest. But that's the problem. All and the other ones. They were both was, weak. They were both mm, weak. Second part of Coil was pretty strong when we see Louis Swat. That's true. After, yeah. And the That's second, true, and the but, second part but, of but Alexander's... again, we got, we got an equivalent here with that uh, that confrontation finally between Midgard's armor and Omega. It was nice Big to see, meeting. but I wasn't compelled by it. It mm. didn't. It didn't it do it. All it compelling. did was make it so we aren't dead. That's it. That's that's mm. all. It saved well, our lives. What it did, it it confirmed what the relationship between those two was. That they came from the same world. 
that Midgard's armor had tried and and failed to stop Omega there. Um, well, we didn't know that. But that's that's just what we uh, assumed based on what we had. We got a hard confirmation out, and then that Midgard's armor subsequently took his eggs, fled to Highland, and Highland said, "Hey, what what what's going on here?" Um, and Midgard's armor was like, "Oh, can you let's crash on your couch?" And Highland's like, "Yeah, fine." But only if you sacrifice your body um, to become uh, effectively the first warrior of light, uh, to become my bitch, and I will summon you whenever I need you, and that's going to be your existence. So you're going to have to sacrifice your life if you want your your children to to live here. Um, Very similar to what the warriors of darkness went through when they tried. Yeah, 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 exactly, which is cool. Um, And which also explains to us that... Midgard Zormer has never really been dead. alive. He's never he been alive and he's never been dead. He didn't he didn't die at Silvertear. Um basically what happens is that he he you know sleeps in the live stream building up power and then you know he expends that when he needs to defend Heidelin. And that's what he did at Silvertear. He wasn't like, you know, hiding beneath it. And now he's had to do that again to rescue us. Um and he has to like mm-hmm. go to sleep for another you know, however long it is, a year. Uh, however convenient it is for the storytelling. Yeah. Um, Another exactly. expansion. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and it was frustrating. It, it, that that was really frustrating me because Midgard Zomra has literally all of the answers to everything. To He's everything. been around for fucking... Yeah, yeah, to everything. He's got he's got the answers to all, all the Alan shit we don't know, to everything about, you know, the War of the Magi, to li- literally any law question you can think of, Midgard Zomra has the, the answers to. And while he's been hanging around us, he's always had, like, the potential of maybe, like, filling in the blanks. And he just says, fuck you. He just, yeah. no. And now, and now he's like, all right, I'm out. You can keep my mounts. I'm, I'm not there. Like, you can you can use, like, the body, but I'm not in it. I'm, I'm out. See ya. But you had kind of already made apparent that that wasn't, you know, a permanent. Yeah. You know, that was he just took that form for whatever, yeah. and then we have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the thing. Like before it starts, Omega wants us back. You go through it. We now know that Nail got poisoned by Omega because he was trying to simulate loss of an ally as a motivating factor, which seems to be mm. working more on Sid than it's working on us because. We, which, we, is good. which is a good thing which yeah. is one for me was the high point was was the idea of sid actually how do i say this fucking doing something for once so being such a pussy <laughs> yeah that's all he does he's like man i really need to learn about this technology and then never talk about it again mm. and that's all like sid's been at the sid's been at the forefront he's sid's there the forefront, but the point the point that nero makes is that Sid is, um, he's being too cautious. He's being too careful. He's a hypocrite. He's not, he's not being what he's capable of being or doing what he's capable of doing because he's afraid to, you know, make a scene, basically. You said you can't, you, you, can't, you can't call for freedom through technology when you yourself are... are yeah, he's contained. holding himself back. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's afraid. It's the opposite. He's not free at all because he's not doing any of the things he could be doing. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, which was nice, but then all of a sudden I was like, what? but now I, by the way, I called, I called Nero nail, I think. And no one called me out on that. Yeah. You, yeah. Nero. Just noticed that. Um, Thank you. Nero, uh, what's it called? Nero. Um, yeah, 
now I'm, but now I'm sad that Nero's just like he, he had one cool moment, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see where that goes. And then ah, uh, he'll be boy. back. Yeah, he'll be back. He'll be yeah. back. I mean, we saw what happened the last time Omega attacked someone, and now they're back and in fancy outfits. <laughs> Pretty much. I, but you get the feeling that one of these days Omega's going to really cash in on this. But the problem is he doesn't somebody. have much longer to cash in. Like, at this point, all we know is that the end, we're... But we've gone, we've gone nowhere. We've learned things about characters that in no way feel like they're advancing Omega's story. Things are just happening mm-hmm. around Omega. So did did you guys read the um the the dialogue from the the, the dialogues? No, I only read the dialogues okay. given no. to me. So uh, they were talking about basically Omega and Bahamut, um, and that when the primal Bahamut summoned, they started noticing this this weird um sort of energy reading this this sort of pattern being emitted by Omega, and they were like, oh shit, Omega's uh, detected Bahamut and is like tracking Bahamut. Um, basically Bahamut is something that's finally been at like a significant power level for Omega to be like, oh shit, what's that? Um, so they worked out how to activate Omega to allow it to go after Bahamut. And then uh, apparently at, at the, the cost of basically a whole legion and, and, you know, hundreds of scientists, they worked out how to shut it down. They worked out how to shut Omega down. They worked out how to put it back to sleep. They worked out how to put it in stasis. That's what Sid's going to do. Which we knew they had to have done because no way Omega just shut his mouth and then obviously didn't, yeah, and yeah, didn't yeah. notice Shinryu was 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 being born. But we know mm-hmm. we know for sure now that there there is a way to do that, and there's a way to do that with Magitek, um, and that that is ultimately how we defeat Omega. Because I mean, we, we we've been saying since Omega was introduced. Well, if we defeat Omega. Mano a mano, like where do we go from there? He's he's the most powerful being in the universe. Like, are you trying to set up the Sephiroth can be the last boss thing? Is that what you're trying to set up right now? No, 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 no. Nobody's even said that. See, why you even gotta go there? I'm just saying. I'm just saying that if we fight Omega as the final boss, um, in in without you know some bullshit tool being like, oh, press this button and it will shut him down if you press it at the right moment or whatever the fuck it is, um, basically. We would be at the point where you can't introduce anything that would scare the warrior of light anymore because we defeat the most powerful being in the universe. The most po- the, the most powerful being the, the universe can possibly produce is Omega. Um, so Sid's going to shut him down. We don't know how he's going to do that, but we know that he is going to do it, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, am, I am suspecting that we're still going to have to fight like an avatar of Omega as as the final um but and then he'll deem us still not worthy enough of a challenge and then it'll yeah it's gonna be one that's being um basically gimped by sid doing some bullshit Um, it's gonna be really unfortunate when we have to defeat him in normal mode first (laughs) yeah so are you saying that are you saying that once we're done with omega omega goes to another shard no, we're gonna no, shut him down. We're done with Omega, him we shut him down. We shut him down. We put him back in to uh, uh, the crown. Yeah, basically. I know you mean you mean uh, the, the flats. Key. You mean the cart. You yeah, were yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to yeah, move we... his fucking body all the way back there, dude. That's that's a risk. Just leave it where. Right, it, well, we leave it where it, it is, and we just like we'd fill in the hole. <laughs> just yeah, just fucking get a shovel and start like pouring yeah. dirt into the uh, yeah into the hole in the ground. That's yeah, it. I think that that's probably uh, how it's going to go. Um, mm. 
but you know, I wouldn't be opposed to hearing Sokin's rendition of One Winged Angel at the same time. <laughs> you stop. I stop would right be now. fine. I've been thinking you know about it. You know what? Sokin make it and then release it outside of the game. Look, I've been thinking about it long and hard. And I've been thinking for the longest time that like having Sephiroth in Final Fantasy XIV would be so cliche and so cheap. But the way that they like put these bosses into Omega, the way that they did it for Kefka, like it it was fine. It was boring. It, did, it was boring, but but the thing is, like, if if you introduce Kefka as like an actual character in the story of Final Fantasy XIV, it would compromise like the lore and the world of Final Fantasy XIV. It would it would be it would be fucking awful if they introduced him as like a proper villain, and it would be the same as Sephiroth. This Not if he's only- a proper villain. No, because then because then you're you're just like leaning into that idea of Final Fantasy XIV just only being fan service and only being derivative. What the fuck have the last eight raid fights been? That's all they've been. I'm just saying that the last eight raid fights are are delivering that fan service without compromising the story or the world or the lore of Final Fantasy XIV. Or being interesting at all. If if that's what you have to do, then fine. I mean, don't do it. That's my problem. Then just we've don't still, do we've it. We've still had this story with Omega and Midgard Zormer, and it's been a very compelling story. It's taught us a lot that we don't know. It's filled in a lot of blanks. It's explained a lot of things. Um, I think I think that if they are going to do this fan service bullshit, this is the way that they have to do it. And that's why I'm saying that if they do Sephiroth this way, it means that they won't do him any other way. And I'll be that I agree totally with. Fine with that. And I'll be totally fine with that. Fan service in my Final Fantasy Took game. We didn't even move. get to suplex the train. What kind of fan service bullshit is this? This isn't. I'm just saying, like you, you'd prefer to <laughs> levels to it. We didn't get There's to suplex to it. the. No, you can't put Siegfried in one of the cars and then tell me. Wait, 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 no, no, no. Suplex oh, but, the train. But what about Cyan's wife at the end of uh? 05? That was fucked up that? for him to simulate. That was really fucked up because that those that were was kind of fucked up, wasn't it? He's like, oh, well, let me yeah. simulate these dead people that a are probably dead in a story and b still don't really exist because it's all a fucking simulation. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's fan service. The game, like Crystal Tower, is fan service, but well done. Whereas Omega yeah. is like, well, we don't want to ever have to write this shit in. So here you go. Yeah, but I prefer because it, it would be way. bullshit to write in. It would be exactly. It would be fucking bullshit to write they in. Just it would don't be do like it. The way, the, like the way they did Yojimbo, that was good fan service. Yeah. I like the way he was in, in, in implemented in um Doma Castle. Not so good. Kugana yeah, but I mean, could you, could you imagine if you, you just had like Sephiroth randomly showing up and like... No, no one's stabbing, asking for that. We're just asking, you don't, have, and, you don't have to take the main villain from another Final Fantasy. You just, they don't have to exist. If that was the case, every no, Final Fantasy game would just do it. But that's, but that's what people want. That's how they Every Final Fantasy game people. before 14 has had fan service without having to literally grab the last boss from the previous game. Well, I don't understand why just because this one's online, it all of a sudden has to do it. It's not because it's online. It's because it is. it's so much bigger. It's because it's, it's online. Because, it's not because it's online. It's because it's rather than like 60 hours of content, it's fucking thousands of hours of content. Mm-hmm. And eventually you have to go there. You don't have to. They chose to. Yeah, they chose to because they're trying to sell copies of the fucking game because that's what people want. And I'm glad that they can find a way to do that without compromising the integrity of... Final Fantasy 14 as its own story. That's all I'm saying. 
Like if, if they have to do this, then this is the way to do it. Xenos isn't our Sephiroth. Nail is our Sephiroth. Nail's our Sephiroth. And if we got Sephiroth in the game, it would probably, I mean, in Omega, we could probably argue that it was like a, um, a hyperbolic version of Nail in the same way that X-Death is almost definitely a hyperbolic version of Zande and Kefka is quite likely a hyperbolic version of Amon. I'm just saying, I feel like there's tasteful ways to do it, and I feel like there's, well, fuck it, we did, we're out of ideas ways to do it. And for me, this is the we're out of fucking ideas way to do it. Crystal Tower is like a proper, everything makes sense, it's beautiful, it all comes together, those are characters you'll remember for their integrations later. So this what is, did you want Kefka to be? Did you want uh, Kefka? Does, Kefka? Okay, okay, here's the alternative. Here's the alternative. Kefka is a Galean court jester who... who basically does what Kefka does in Final Fantasy VI. And if they did that, it would be so just fucking cheap. You don't have like, to have shit. him. I'm not asking to have him do that. I'm just saying you don't have to have him. Don't have Kefka at all. You don't have to. No other. Why did no other Final Fantasy needed it? Just because this one's the fucking Dissidia. park. But we the city is a different story. The city's entire premise is here's the hero and villain from every game. You can't really, like, there you can't avoid having it. They could have. That's that's the case. They just said they never have to make it. Look, people wanted it. People wanted. They give the people what they want, and that's fine. Well, they didn't. They they didn't give them. They didn't give them all of dancing mad in normal mode. So they didn't get everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I got fucked out of that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So anyway, um, moving on. We have Mike. You you sure? You sure? You sure you're done? (laughs) Sure, we can move on. You sure we can yeah, move like, on? I, I like just want to make like, sure you got like it all the, out your system I right like now before we go here. in. I like Sly's. Sly is just, this is fine.jpg. <laughs> the whole time he's like, I don't need it's to fine. say a word. <laughs> I really don't because, like, you know how I feel about it. I mean, I'm okay with fan service. Um, like, if they stick Sephiroth in, in the next tier of Omega. They won't. Like, we. Just they, like I they said, won't. they won't. <laughs> they won't. Very good chance that they will. There's a good chance. Of that. Just, just be prepared. Just be prepared for it. <laughs> just be prepared. Yeah, well, I'm, just, I'm prepared. I'm mentally prepared for it. Like I don't think it'll happen at this point. I don't think it's. It's not. I don't. I, it's not. It can't happen. We're gonna fight him right. in his normal form in story mode, and then Ninja in, Genova, Genova in in Sabbath. no safer, yeah. safer, safer. Sabbath. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those cover all the major story points. It's not everything that there's a story behind in this patch, but they're the major, they're the most major points to hit on. Um, two things that are coming up are the continuation of Hildebrand at 4.25. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also the implementation of Eureka the Forbidden Land. Now, Hildebrand, mm-hmm. we can, I don't think we can even begin to talk about what will happen in Hildebrand, because when has that guy ever been predictable, you know? Um, so Eureka is something I, we have a few minutes left to talk about that. Um, Eureka for me, you mean 11? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we have, so for Eureka, for me, when I saw the trailer, I was, this was the part I was most invested in was figuring out watching the four point two trailer that the scenes with Kryle were not part of the main story. They were part mm-hmm. of Eureka, the forbidden land. Yes. It will very likely have to do with what happened to the Isle of Val and the Dawn Warriors, which are yeah. characters from Final Fantasy V, one of which is her grandfather, Gulliff. Mm-hmm. Who we see. Yes, we, who we see. We see Gulliff, we see Zazat. I always forget all their names. I can never remember all four of the Dawn Warriors' names. I know Gulliff, Zazat. No, but we see them. Yeah, we see them. He doesn't like fan service. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what the discussion was about. It's about being tasteful. <laughs> 
I'm just saying you just don't like fan service, but go on. It's just about being tasteful. <laughs> Why? Anyway, on, this is this is literally a point that was made four years ago that got mm-hmm. left in the dust. Mm-hmm. We were briefly reminded about it when Kryle turned up alive and then completely pushed it aside again. But it wasn't, I mean, yeah, all right. It was it was pushed to the side, but I don't know about left in the dust. Like, we know that when they introduce these things, they're always going to come back to them. And it's good storytelling, because if they hadn't introduced the idea of uh, Baldessian and the Isle of Val and the Dawn Warriors, if they hadn't seeded that in 2.0, then this would have felt like, like cheap fan service. It would have felt like really sort of out of left field. You know what I mean? It's the fact that they seeded it with uh, the students of Valdesian and with this, this uh, you know, strange story about the Isle of Val disappearing and then Kryle showing up. It's the fact that they've done all that work that makes it compelling, right? Let's not act like if they never seeded it, they wouldn't have found a different story for this. Well, because they didn't I, I mean, know they, they were making Eureka four fucking years ago. They put the as he they maybe not four, but they eventually they did. They knew they, they didn't know. The story. Hang on, they yeah exactly. They didn't know that they were going to make Eureka, but they knew that they were going to mm-hmm. tell this story, and mm-hmm. they and they set up the ability for this story to uh, come into the game uh, organically and unobtrusively. And like I say, that's good storytelling. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's good. It's just that we've waited patiently. For yes. four years to learn about the Isle of Val. And what's most interesting yeah. is the Isle of Val is nowhere near where we're presumably going. Because no. the Kugane is the actual opposite side of the world from where the Isle of Val originally was. Well, Eureka is in Dravon. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. Eureka is there. Because Eureka yeah. is... Um, it's in Dravania. Then why the hell are we taking the boat from Kugane? I don't know, but... <laughs> But Yoshida, Yoshida, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that story is just like starting in in Kugane. But Yoshida did the dude like to zone in is in Sagan, like the guy to zone into the instance is at the Kugane port. Well, I don't know, man. He accidentally let it slip. He was talking about <laughs> he was talking about Dravania in relation to Eureka during the live letter, and then basically stopped himself and said, "Oh, whoops, I wasn't supposed to say that." And you look at the screenshots. You know, it, it, it wouldn't like- it wouldn't be all too surprising to me if Eureka uh, geographically is located in Val, mm-hmm. but the only way to get in is geographically near Kugane. Because with the Isle of Val disappearing the way it did, nothing nothing necessarily has to line up geographically here. Yeah, I mean, like, what do we go through a portal? Like, I mean, we, we still we still haven't really one hundred percent identified the singularity that caused the Isle of Val to disappear or where it went. We don't know that Animos. Presumably, Animos isn't the Isle of Val. Like, I think we can safely no. say that. But we also don't know where the Isle of Val went. All we know is that it was similar magic to the Heart of Sabiq and Ultima that mm-hmm. it was detected when it disappeared. Yes. How's that folding going, Sly? No, I was just looking at the map. Just looking at your cloth map. Oh, that was your cloth yeah. map. Okay, he's trying to get it. Yeah, that was my cloth map. Part. Okay. It looked like you were just bored and you were folding, like, a towel <laughs> just or Just folding laundry. <laughs> Yeah, laundry. State of the laundry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, nice. the architecture in the trailer does resemble the forelands, but it also yeah. uh, geographically none of it makes sense because of the wild elements. Because there's a jungle, a beach, like everything's in complete flux. There's a and apparently one of the sections that has I, one of the bosses is is very connected to the void. 
Mm -hmm. uh, I forget exactly what it was called on the minimap when they described it. It was the void something. This the mm -hmm. void seat. I don't remember. The way they describe it makes me think of the um, the sixth Umbral era, where after the War of the Magi, sort of the 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 land ether was all like messed up and in flux and it was causing these sort of massive shifts in like weather and environment and stuff like that and that's when the red mage just sort of built the ziggurat to kind of like quell it and anchor mm -hmm. it and stabilize it it seems like we've got this sort of microcosm of that sort of um environment. i like that yeah and that's why yeah. the, and that's in the elemental wheel playing such an important yeah. role uh so yeah. what's that i like that i hadn't thought i'd thought of that approach so I like that uh, that sort of remnant of the of the sex. I just I really want to know what the hell happened to the Isle of Val. Like I'm, I feel like we'll learn a lot of very interesting things about Eureka and the everything that surrounds it. By the way, it was called the New Void. Was mm -hmm. the uh, was the name of the uh, the pit in the north? I think it was in the northwest side of the map. The New Void. The New Void. I don't know if that's. I don't think. I don't what know if it's meaning would that have. I don't. I, well, first of all, we didn't see it in English, so it might translate like when it's translated over. It might be different. It might just be what it was a loose translation from Japanese to English. I don't think we saw well, that, that in English. That would that would imply basically that there's like a point somewhere on Heidelin where a flood of darkness is like starting to spread. Similar to what I will. It almost. Well, 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 mm, Good. I was gonna say. New void makes because I guess we have to still presume any any instance of the void is referring to the shard that was lost in darkness. Yeah, um, with the crystal tower, it's possible another shard was lost, but I think we would. I think that's the repercussion where I'm going. Of that would have been. Uh, what I feel like, I feel like it just could be one of the other shards that was lost in darkness, and it's yeah, the, and it's and it's a it's a. Portal. Well, there's only one. There's only one shard that was lost in darkness. That was the only one that we know of. That we know of. What if a new uh -huh. one? I don't think so. But either way, I, that's, well, that's where it, it, I mean, we don't know. We don't keep up to date. Minfilia doesn't tell us shit anymore. We don't know what she's doing with the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, right she's not going to tell us shit anymore anyway. We don't know what she did, what happened when she went with the Warriors of Darkness. We don't know. Maybe some shit's got fucked up elsewhere now. I just feel like anything that catastrophic would have would have to probably be told to us in the main story. Losing yeah. another shard is not something you can take lightly. No, I, I, I think it's more likely <sighs> that the the this sort of ethereal chaos in that area is basically causing a new kind of spark of the flood of darkness. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot to learn in Ademos, and it's only the first of the zones, which I guess we'll have more definitive answers about what defines Eureka when mm. we actually see, because it's also possible that this area is from Gervania, but it disappeared like the Isle of Val. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, even if it's geographically, again, related to Gervania, that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean anything unless till we have the, the grand scope of what Eureka itself actually is. Mm. So it's worth considering that, that this is another area that suffered the same loss that the Isle of Val did. Yeah, certainly. And that, and that could be um, Kryle's reason for wanting to investigate it, right? Is that she's trying to like work out what happened to Val and this is sort of a piece of the puzzle. And that piece of land, maybe it was lost similar to the Isle of Val during the Sixth mm -hmm. Umbral Calamity. Which is why it's retained this state of complete elemental disaster. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of but, but for this long though. I mean, we don't know how. Why not? We don't know how it works. That's the thing. It's it's all speculation. But there's lots of wild places it can go. That's exciting because mm -hmm. we don't we don't we didn't. I mean, all we have right now is with freely Xenos is wondering where the hell that'll go. That's the wildest thing we have right now. 
So mm-hmm. something to throw a wrench in what we've been speculating on for four years is very welcome. Mm. I'm excited. For me, Eureka is the most exciting story aspect of the patch. It has been since I saw the trailer. It's now is after doing the rest of the story and the patch. And I'm most invested in what they could do with it. Not necessarily what we know it is because we don't know anything. I could well, wait. I'm always excited. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. But is there anything else you want to hit on before we go wrap up and go into a short post show and sponsors? No, and I, I don't think we really missed anything, did we? I mean, I there's probably some minute details or like yeah. slight mistakes in our discussions that are in there, but people will wait for the comments. No, I'll call that out. Yeah. Yeah. Wait now. Nothing, gentlemen? No. No, I'm, I'm no. satisfied. All right. Uh, I'm going to do the sponsors first and then we'll do the uh, outros. Sound good? All right. Awesome. Great. So uh, we before we wrap up, I want to say thank you to our sponsors this week, the combat hashtag demonetized over on the Yubtubs, because that's always an exciting thing to have to talk about. Uh, so we have our, I'm actually going to do the Patron of Light last again this week, because we have a new screenshot. I have the old one right here, but we have, uh, we, have another, we have another screenshot, so I might as well do that while I'm actually reading this. So first, I'd like to thank our, uh, our standard sponsors. We have Kifkin, the Great Eagles on Exodus, Dark Graver, Katayoshi from Kujata, Skia Symphony from Ragnarok, Roz Effin from Exodus, Rylanator Westhouse, the Purple Warrior, Eadric Red Steel on Exodus, Lexi Valentine, Mentor and the Revivus FC from Zodiac, Sour Cream and Chives from Genova, Renault Chikara, Goisha Valfer of Siren, Hirsch First of Fairy, Phoenix Down FC on Goblin, and Saren from Zodiac. We also have our premium sponsors. We have a Nyric Vizla of Azure Infinitum FC. We have Red Thorn Asura. We have Kurnai Oni. We have Askin Hawk from Shiva. We have Oscar. Very simple name. Love it. We have Crass, 015. We have Mustang, the Serenity FC on Ultros. We have Kat Kazuma, Kiryoshi and the Reckless Tea Party on Cactar. Ignis Fairgun from the Diablo server. Vlester of Fanfrit, not Cordis from Excalibur. Krovus Moonscar, Nakanami of Balmong, Johnny Odin of Tomberry, Private Mikey, Spike, Nadine Kirasami, Rudy Rudiger, Tin Colossus, Killer Hackman, Rawl Jr., Ramil Gaming, and Kiltastic Jones. And then finally, I really need to get a voice changer. For Anthos, can you do the Jesus voice? No, he can't. Like he, it's gonna, no, it's gonna be Australian. No, it's he, not gonna work. No, that's fine. <laughs> What's wrong with Australian Jesus? <laughs> Everyone knows that Jesus is Australian. Exactly. Yeah. Was, was he down? Can, can, was he what? Because he was down under that rock before he fucking resurrected. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you wanted me to go with that, but that's where I was going with it. Just say the name. Please. <laughs> please. So we have uh, we have Kuja Cross from the Genova server, our patron of light. There's oh. a screenshot for this week. I just I kind of just want to show Ethis's face right now because he looks distraught. Holy shit! <laughs> What's the worst thing that's ever happened? <laughs> the worst thing that's. I mean, I could go back to calling you Moon Man like prematurely if you would like to replace that as the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> all right thank you ladies and gentlemen our patron of light patron of light or i guess see it would have come better from that patron of light see that sounds better than fucking bane that's not bane no this is bane <laughs> oh thank you patron of light i was wondering what but you do that every is. every time you say patron of light your spirit of or your body there you go all right yeah. that's fine it's all right. No, I just cover my and muffle it, but I don't become Bane. I'm still doing my voice. I don't do that. You got to do a Sean Connery impression. You got to. Oh yes. Really? 
I was wondering what to Sean Connery? I don't know about that. Sean Connery is Bane, apparently. Yeah. Sean Connery, but with your mouth muffled, is as close okay. as I can begin to describe Bane's voice. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. And besides, he likes the Bane one better. In the chat. It says it right there. There you go. Oh, all right. Okay. okay. There you go. There you go. All right. Yeah. Well, thank so, you, Cooch Across. There you all go. Right. See? That's all we need. Thank you, sir. All right. And thank you for uh, joining us this week, Ethis. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you at? Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm Ethis. Hi. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Ethis Asher. You can find me on youtube.com slash Ethis Asher, where I do law videos some of the time. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Ethis Asher. Just anywhere, Ethis Asher. Google it. Follow me in all the places. Easy. That's my line. I'm the Google guy. No, I'm the Google guy. <laughs> well, that was a compelling <laughs> argument, so now I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, no you. <laughs> no me. <laughs> All right, Sly, you're uh, you're up next uh, you, with your sexy new setup. So uh, why don't Ooh. you tell everyone where they can find you at? You can find me on twitch.tv slash Sly aka Gray Fox. You can find me on Instagram at Sly aka Gray Fox zero seven. You can find me on Twitter at Sly the Fox. You can find me on YouTube youtube.com slash the Velvet Room. Yeah, simple. Should, should we shit. google you no all right don't google Probably don't not. google sly it won't help and yeah. mike apparently people can just fucking google you so, no, uh, no 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 they can't know. google me they can google fs we've established this no already. no no they, they no. can google you apparently. He's, he's taking this mantle all yeah. right yeah <laughs> i like i like that so. just the top of the shirt shows if you <laughs> just just are you fucking, are you fucking kidding, kidding me? me? Are you fucking kidding me? That's, fucking a great, kidding that's, me? that's a great line to have with just the top of the shirt without seeing the rest of the shirt. It's uh, it's quite, uh, it's quite, uh, you know, it makes sense. Anyway, you can find me, Mr. Happy127, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And uh, it's going to be a busy week with a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna, some of it's going to be a blast of the past and some of it's going to be things like 15PC and Nino Kuni 2 next month. Ooh. I want to play Nino Kuni 2. Well, I already played it for four hours, but I want to play more. All right. But anyway, uh, we're going to move on over into a very short post show because I raid in five minutes. <laughs> Last week, nice. I totally forgot I was raiding on Tuesday, and they were just like, and my raid had to tweet at me, be like, "Where are you at, though?" And I'm just like, "Oops, uh -oh. twenty minutes late." It's all right. Oopsie. When you get demonetized by the shirt, you fucking cooper. <laughs> so uh thank you again ethos uh we probably won't do airzivia for another at least two three weeks because uh if eureka's next week that would be the show if it's not we'd probably mm -hmm. wait for it before a week after eureka before doing uh i think Arizivia. i think we should wait until after eureka so we can put some eureka questions yeah in that's that's my thing we're not going to do a 4.25 yeah. spoiler cast that's for letting me know what the study so for that's that's probably well i already know at least at least four questions ethos is going to ask I don't even know what questions I'm but gonna I ask. Know what he's gonna get but, the questions from the people. But I Jeez. know, but I know right. where where you'll go. Because I've 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 answered enough of your questions now to kind of have an idea of certain things that will be I mean, located in the show. Yeah, you haven't answered them correctly. <laughs> I didn't say I was even gonna study for them. <laughs> but I but I know what they'll Ooh, be. Savage. Right, you know how I know? Because I watched you do the story. Uh, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, instead of fucking doing it, yeah, exactly. Hey, it worked out for me. 
worked out for me. All right, so thank you everyone for joining us this week. Thank you again for our sponsors, and uh, we will uh, see you next week for where hopefully we're talking about Eureka. Hopefully we're talking about Eureka. Mm. Fingers crossed. So uh, thank you, and we'll see you guys then. God. All right. Until Peace, then. everyone. Goodbye. Bye. See you next week. No, but really, though, you liked my down-under joke with Jesus, right? No. Doesn't make any sense.